From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to Hand Raise, guys. Brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. My name's Neil McCready. That's Chase Parham. Good to have you with us here on this Thursday night. A little late getting started. A lot of computer problems. That's okay. It's all good. We'll be with you for uh, a little while. We'll talk about whatever's going on. There's stuff going on today. We'll talk about stuff that went on today. What? Check your text. Okay. Ah. See, <laughs> you know, when you have the day that you're like, you know, this day probably can't get weirder. It does. Um, never, never say. You know, it's kind of like when you're going down a hill. You just keep going. Mm-hmm. Finally, just lift your hands up and say we and see what happens. Uh, welcome into the show. Like I said, uh, brought to you by Comer and Southern. We'll be with you for a little while. We're in the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Uh, let Corey know what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours, 662-257-1900. I was telling you about Comer and Southern. If you're in the Oxford and Tupelo area, you want to get in touch with the people at Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating in the Hernando, Memphis area. I know it's uh, kind of weird weather out there, which is sort of par for the course. You want to make sure your heating system's working. You want to make sure your cooling system's going to be ready to roll when uh, the warm weather rolls into town, as it will. And I highly suggest that you get in touch with uh, Eric Payne and all the people at Comer, all the people at Southern. It's the same product, same services, just different names, same people. And uh, we'll be telling you about something else involving Comer and Southern not too long from now. And uh, you want to make sure that you uh, want to make sure that you, if you are living in that area and you've got heating and cooling needs, you want to make sure you're putting your business with those guys for a lot of reasons. We'll add one of those. We'll add a reason for you. Hopefully soon. Here pretty soon, I think. Uh, Guests, including you guys, actually exclusively you guys, will join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford, great place to enjoy a burger, a po' boy, appetizers. Uh, full bar, great beer selection, and more at uh, at uh, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford and also Rafters in New Albany. And Chase, before we get rolling, tell the people about what's going on at the Oxford Exxon. Uh, still got a day of the week left. Go by and get a lunch special tomorrow, five sixty nine, two size bread, 32-ounce drink there. And put the Super Bowl on uh, on Sunday. Let them handle that for you. Some catering with the ribs. They can They can take care of it. Um, call. They'll have them ready to up, wrapped up, ready to go. So if you want to take it easy for your Super Bowl party, if you want to let somebody else handle kind of the main protein for that event, get some ribs, wet, dry, whatever you like there from the uh, the Oxford Exxon and most Blue Sky locations throughout Mississippi. So again, give them a call. Let them handle your Super Bowl catering there with the uh, with the ribs from the Oxford Exxon. We're going to get to Chris Kiffin in a minute. Um, I will say we... <laughs> I, I laughed. I was doing like a, a couple, little bit of prep for the show um, while I was eating dinner, and I was scrolling through Twitter, and the unintentional comedy we kind of got from the SEC coaches meeting in Birmingham today at the SEC headquarters. I don't know what the topic was. Do you? What were they actually there for? Do you have any idea? 
Uh, I think it's just a regularly scheduled coaches meeting. They okay, do okay. just whatever they do meet together on occasion to talk about rules and stuff. This is when they kind of start the preparations for the spring meetings and stuff, so that when they get there, they can be efficient. Okay. So typically, Joseph Goodman kind of gets on my nerves. He's the one of the columnists for L dot com. He stalked out the back door of uh, the headquarters because of Brian Harson uh, today. Harson entered through, um, I guess, entered through the back door, left through the side door, following thing. Not even going out the front like everybody else. Everybody else is pulling up in their assortment of vehicles and going on with it. I guess the point being, you know there's going to be media at every door. You know that they want to talk to you, or at least they're going to attempt to talk to you. You know you're not going to talk to them. What is the purpose then of trying to do all the side and backdoor crap? Just go in like you're the coach at Auburn, which you are at this mm-hmm. point, and go on with your day. Like it, I, I, I've sort of had Harson to be a little bit of a sympathetic figure for me, but that was kind of dumb. Not a big deal, not whatever, but you're just showing the impossibility of if you're still the coach. I, I, I don't know how you operate under the the current situation, but. They have not fired him yet because they apparently cannot fire him with cause yet, or at least not believe that without legal proceedings. Um, that is correct. But thought that was a weird look. Um, got a lot of of laughter out of uh, a lot of the coaches in certain cars coming up, and it kind of it kind of is the epitome of it a little bit. Kirby comes up in a minivan, mm-hmm. and it basically like as, as a buddy said, like a 2017 Odyssey, like literally like getting dropped off at soccer practice from the mom in the minivan. I mean, you. you I kind of respect it though. Like, hey, I got a ring. Say something. Like, really? Like, come, look, come, I mean, I, I kind of. I'm just getting there. Hey, I just hopped in an Uber. You yeah, know, like that, I mean, uh, just hopped in an Uber. And how on brand is it that Jimbo showed up in the Audi? <laughs> because of course he did. Anything for appearances at this point, right? Like, and then Jimbo did that thing that is very smart. I, I respect this. I, I know where you're going because I've done this on walks. I've done this in grocery stores. Pull out your phone and just start talking into it. How do they know you're not on a call? Lets you avoid a conversation. But we all know he wasn't on a call. The odds are overwhelming that he wasn't on the call, but you can't. A call he had to take right then, walking into the but office. But you can't prove that he wasn't on the call, so you can't completely play the "oh, what a jerk" card because it's possible that he got a call that he needed to take right there. Maybe one of his kids. Maybe it was his doctor. Maybe his wife was calling. No one really knows. I have a lot of respect for that. He did not want to be in a position to have to talk to those reporters. Nor did he want to have to blow them off. So by being on the phone, he just sort of avoids the whole thing. And everyone suspects, and they're almost certainly right, that he wasn't really on his phone. Did any of the coaches actually talk, though? Or did every one of them just kind of blow past the media? But I had a lot of respect for the way Jimbo handled that. Because if someone goes, he wasn't on the phone, how do you know? Well, I don't know. Well, then you don't know. And then if that wasn't enough, I guess this was technically yesterday, but um, your buddy Mark Heim writing about it in Nail.com today, Brian Horson's dad calls him to find bomb Allegedly. Uh, come on. <laughs> the odds are overwhelming. Uh, a, a, what was his name? Was it Dale? Yeah, Dale from, Dale Boise. from Boise. And Dale Horson is his dad's name. Uh, and he does live in Boise. He does live in Bo- Boise, and he calls in and knows a lot about the Broncos program from from the Brian Harson tenure. 
defending Harson in coaching decisions, recruiting from when he was the head coach at Boise State, um, running off all the players they really – I mean, talking about running off as in listing all the players they really were recruiting well, even though they weren't five, four and five stars when he was there. I mean, an intimate knowledge of the uh, of the Boise program. AL.com called a uh, a radio station in Boise to compare voices, said that Dale – would call into their station from time to time over the years and that it was expected that they're not FBI voice analyzers, but that it did appear to be Dale Harson. So um, add another one for, as as Neil told somebody today, they kind of care around here. Um, <laughs> and here we are again. That's, that's, that's where we are again. Kind of care. I mean, I kind of respect the dad move, honestly. He didn't even lie on me. No pseudonym or nothing. I'm Dale from Boise. You know, I'd like to think that if Carson were the head coach at an SEC program, that I would I would be immune to the criticism. You wouldn't, but I don't think I would be. I mean, you would know. Okay, just is. I, I know. Is. I, I don't need to do anything, but boy, it'd sure be tempting, right? You have that cocktail at two thirty and at three fifteen. You go. You know what? I'm calling into Paul. I'm gonna call into that some bitch. Yeah. Kind of get it. I respect it enough. It it doesn't it doesn't bother me. I get why Mark wrote the story. Oh, well, I, lots especially of, over there. Lots yeah. of clicks. Lots and lots and lots of clicks. But I don't have a problem with Dale Harson calling into a show to talk about his son. It wasn't argumentative. No, he just laid out a case. He didn't fight. No. Yeah, I'm, I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. Feinbaum said he could tell, didn't know it was a dad or anything, but knew something was a little intimate as far as knowing him and kind of mm-hmm. backed off and went, okay, we're just going to let him yeah. do this. Well, I mean, you know, they've accused his son of a lot of things here. You know, instead of just saying, hey, we don't think you're the right coach, we think we made a mistake, here's $18 million, go away. They're trying to smear his character on the way out and figure out a way to not pay. And I don't have much respect for that. Fire him. You hired him. Fire him. You gave him the contract. I mean, unless Brian Harson walked into a room somewhere a year ago and put a gun to people's head and said, give me this contract or else, and I'm going to guess that didn't happen, that they willingly put those terms on a, on a, on paper after it was negotiated in good faith, and I don't I don't see what I don't see where the argument is here. And I realize it's a lot of drama and it's a lot of whatever, but to me, it's it's pretty cut and dried. If you don't want him to be your coach, and it's clear that you don't, well, then fire him. And if he won't settle, well, he just won't settle. What odds are you getting on this thing now? Uh I mean, I still think they probably end up making a move. You do. But I wouldn't be surprised. This is Auburn being Auburn at this point. It's, that's I, their thing, right? Yeah. That, that's their little catchphrase. Yeah, you know, Ole Miss people do the we are, Ole Miss or whatever. Just Auburn being Auburn. <laughs> Jabba. <laughs> this is a Jabba moment. And I wouldn't be surprised at this point if there was the, the ultimate Jabba moment where they fire him with cause and go, okay, let's go to court. What are they proving? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, how do you? Because the little stupid policy change ain't getting it done. From no, 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 no. That, that that's comical. So you'd either have to be dereliction of duty, you'd have to prove that he 
violated some morality clause in the contract, good luck. Good, I mean, good luck. I mean, really, good luck. Because at this point, you've already dragged the girl out in front of the media. I mean, it's done. So what's he going to say? I mean, I'd like to stay just R-rated here and not go all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way to the wall. But how do you prove that? Yeah, I know. Yeah, that. If she says it didn't happen, and he says it didn't happen, and nobody's got photographs or anything of it happening, well, then how do you know it happened? It's kind of like Jimbo and his phone, just much more meaningful. Yeah. Do you know for a fact Jimbo wasn't on his phone? No. Do you know for a fact that they – you don't. So that's out. Okay, so, well, he's a racist. Okay. Prove it. Well, he didn't recruit inner-city uh, kids the way that some of his other predecessors did. That doesn't do it. Might be bad judgment. Might make him a bad football evaluator. But that doesn't do it. Who hired him, Alan Green? Did some of his players who were African-Americans stand up for him in the media? They did. On social media, they did. That's a problem from a proof standpoint. And again, I'm not taking up for Brian Harson here. But those are all problems from a legal standpoint. So what do you have? Well, he went on vacation. And he, he, he was allowed to go on vacation. What do you have? He's just not Southern enough? Well, you're the ones that flew to Boise and hired him. And unless there's a clause in the contract that says Mr. Harson must become much more Southern over the next 18 months, you don't have that either. So what do you have? So at this point, you either need to, like I said this morning, Thursday morning, if you're listening to this on Friday, you either have to say, hey, we screwed up here, Coach Arson, and we're sorry, and we're going to try to make this better, and you try to somehow mend fences while Kirby Smart and Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin and um, Jimbo. Jimbo and the guy at Tennessee whose name's escaping me right now. Josh Eiffel. All those guys, while they go, you, you're really going to go to Auburn? And I mean, I, and you know what some of this is at Auburn, in my opinion? Some of this is Brian Harson came in and said, we're going to run a clean program. Well, Brian, just now in the thread, look, quote, look, Harson don't want to pay recruits, which is a big problem. It's a big problem. You're going to fire him for that? Now you should have known that before you hired him. So I come back to that. At some point, when we talked about this yesterday, this morning, yesterday morning, whatever, with Chancellor, same thing here. Hey, at the the end of the day, you're the one that handed him the keys. Is it that you can't relate to Southern recruits or that you refuse to buy them? Is it that you can't relate to Southern kids or is it that you've told them, hey, the handlers and stuff, we're we're not negotiating with them? Now, there are some things that he's done that are just insane. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. He didn't want the football camp, the Auburn football camp, this summer to be the like elite recruit camp or like the money making kids camp. All of the above. Okay. He didn't want that to be a dog and pony show, like they all are. He wanted to charge five hundred dollars per head. Hold and, on. Yes, and he was Hold told. On. Yep, and he was told that no, that won't work. In the South. Well, we did it at Boise. Well, this isn't Boise. You can't do that down here. And he relented, ultimately. 
He wanted to charge people 500 bucks for the camp. That's what I'm told. But a couple people. That's a problem on multiple levels. Of course. But again, now you're getting back into, okay, well, you're, gonna fire him. you're firing him because he's not Southern enough. He doesn't get us. Those are not, that's not going to hold up in a court of law. It's Auburn's problem. The reason that he hasn't been fired as of right now is what you said. Auburn can't find a reason that's going to hold up in a court of law. Apparently, their hand-raised guy sitting in the room is an attorney who goes, that won't do it. Nope. That won't either. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> that's, a lo- that's a loser. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Over and over and over and over again. Yeah. What about if? Nope. And so now it's, hey, let's go get somebody to cut a check. And a lot of these guys are like, you're, it's the same thing everybody else is running into. So you want us to do what? And they're mad. So I don't know what's going to happen. I can't imagine. Right now, I would guess Alan Green doesn't know what's going to happen. And you've got a chancellor that I think is on his way out. What's I his mean, name? Goge. Isn't that right, Jay Goge? Is it? I think so. <laughs> Where's Steve Robertson when you need him? <laughs> yeah, there's nobody well, there's nobody in the Alabama media going after Brian Harson. They'd like him to get a lifetime yeah, deal right good. now. Yeah. He didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> I like Brian and Harse. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. It's weird. Okay. It's it'd be it'd be pretty tough at this moment. There aren't too many people in the league that would go, yeah, we'll trade places with Auburn. I, but I will say this. And I covered that league, I covered the team for a while. I covered that state for a while. The idea that this is going to just crater the Auburn program is insane. It's it's probably too strong to be cratered. Send them in a little bit of a blip down down sure, sure. but cra- no crater them no. And if they open the job up, the list of people that will want the job will 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 probably be lengthy, and if they can find a way to do the Harson thing through November and then pay him off at $15 million or whatever it would be and then open the job up at a regular time, there will, the, the, the list of people that will want that job will be a long one. That's just reality. It's a great sure. job. It's a, it's a top 15 job under any criteria. But it's a little crazy, and you're – it's a lot crazy. Yeah, it's a lot crazy. And you're seeing the crazy. So here locally, uh, sometime, I don't know what time it was, 11.30 today, Chris Lowe reporting Chris Kiffin headed back to the Cleveland Browns. Um, his stint with the Rebels lasting, I guess, about a month-ish. I don't know, something like that. Um, was it even that? Maybe not. I don't know. It was all running together because I made a message board post about the first time we had gotten any inkling of – Something potentially not being long-term with Kiffin here. It's the Tuesday after he was hired. Was that when it was? Mm-hmm. And I said, when I first made the post, I was like, I don't know, a week or so ago. And I went, no, it was like two and a half weeks ago, maybe. Like, it was a lot longer than that, but I was all kind of running in my head. Because he kind of went bit. away, and I just sort of assumed that everything was fine. Yeah. He had stalled on basically moving here. And... um It threw antennas up, but I couldn't get any further with it it kind of stuck right there and like neil said we didn't really hear anything for 10 15 days and kind of thought all right well i mean there's some cold feet but you come and you show up you tell your brother yes you're probably going to 
stick at least for a year and see what's going on. Um, but apparently he had reached back out to the NFL pretty quickly, reached back out to the Browns specifically pretty quickly, which is where he was. Um, he told multiple people that he did not want to, want to get into the level of recruiting necessary to do the job effectively, that he he missed the NFL schedule more, maybe not even more than he realized, but more than he could handle, I think might be the way to put it. And, and there were some family considerations that I'd heard about right away. You know, NFL assistant coaches during the season, it's a it's a grind. I mean it, it is it is it's you know to say it's a full time job is an understatement. But in the off season, you're home at four thirty. You can go see the kids play. You can go to the little league game. Mm-hmm. There ain't nothing after hours. No, I mean you just go to the office and you do some work and you do your thing and you slide out at four o'clock and you want to go play eighteen holes, you can do it. You want to go hang out with the family? You can do it. And Chris has a young family, and I think he had started enjoying that lifestyle. And um, I think there was some reluctance about moving back to Oxford. It's one of the, one of the reasons it took so long to make the decision in the first place. The initial decision because it was like over a week. Yeah, when that most people thought it was going to happen in a day or two, and it took a week. And um, and then I think there was just some sense that. He'd made a mistake. And then time, you know, happened. And I don't know exactly what happened in Cleveland, but his former job either reopened or they decided that it was reopened and he was given the opportunity and you know the rest. Listen, and I've said this, I I do know some coaches who've left the college ranks to go to the pros. And when they go to the pros, they'll tell you, man, I'll never miss recruiting. The recruiting thing and, and recruiting. I talked to a coach today who's out of the business. No, not Tyler Siski, another one who's out of the business who said, um, the recruiting grind now is just so bad. Portal and all the stuff. Everything. It's just constant. What used to just be three or four weeks is now year round. It's, it, it just never stops. And, for a lot of guys with young families and stuff, that's a real strain, and they start to think this is not really what I signed up for. Where Ole Miss goes from here, I have no idea. I mean, it's it, it, the calendar is not in a good, advantageous place for this, especially if you're trying to find somebody else who potentially could have code defensive coordinator titles. Obviously, Partridge would need to have some rapport with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, Handing the reins completely over to Partridge and just hiring a linebackers coach is a possibility. Chris has never called the defense by himself, but that's the situation they're in right now. Um, you also technically could um, hire a uh, hire a defensive line coach. You could move Joiner up back. I mean, that's kind of the versatility options you have. So you could be doing co-coordinators, somebody to handle linebackers. You could be hiring a defensive line coach. You could be hiring a linebackers coach. You find the right fit. Um, where that's going, I have no idea. A lot of scuttlebutt that and I, I I do not know a name definitively. A lot of scuttlebutt lanes really close to the special teams coordinator hire. Um Yeah, I'll freely admit here, I don't I don't I have no idea on a name. Um, no clue. But hearing a lot that that's close and then whatever happens from this this Chris Kiffin spot, so kinda wear them out. Oh, so two spots now, is that right? That would be, yes. Okay. Two spots open right now. Yes. 
then I've heard talk about bringing in another general manager type thing, and I don't know where that stands. Yeah, because they're retooling pretty much the entire ops area of uh, of it. So, yes. Yeah, Dixie, Dixie, Dixie State is in Utah, and I believe they're changing the name. Oh, really? I think I'm right. Or they changed a mascot or something. Yeah, they were doing something with changing something or other. It hasn't really been on the tip of my thought process, but yeah. You haven't broken down what's going on at Dixie State? <sighs> no. Well, somebody, we, we had talked about it at some point, and then you mentioned them when you were looking up Utah high schools, whenever that was. And people keep asking about the mystery thing. There's no mystery. Uh, I was referring to Trace Campbell, Chance's brother, who turned down scholarship offers elsewhere to be a preferred walk-on at, at Ole Miss. I thought that was, frankly, I thought that was big news. It wasn't that long ago that people were hanging on every nugget of information regarding Trace Campbell. Uh, Dixie, Dixie State University is becoming Utah Tech University. The more you know. Um, you know what? Someone mentioned um, Taylor Polk in the thread. I don't want anybody to be ups- to be mad at me here when I say this, but it, if I were Taylor, I would not immediately take a job at my alma mater. He's already had a grad assistantship at his alma mater. If I were Taylor, I would take this first job at a place like Troy and get my feet wet, cut my teeth, whatever parable or analogy or whatever you want to use. I don't know that I would jump right into an SEC job at my alma mater under that level of microscope. I could be wrong, but I think that I would stay with John Summerall, at least at the beginning of my career, and work on recruiting and those things at a place where the 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 spotlight is not white hot. About that. I could be wrong, and he could end up at, in Oxford tomorrow, but I kind of doubt it. And I, I think you – I've talked to some coaches who say you don't want to take a job at your alma mater too soon. Some will say ever, but not too soon because it can kind of backfire on you a little bit. Taylor's a young guy. Coaches get hired to get fired, and you don't want to get fired at your alma mater. You'd rather get fired. Especially early on. Like, like yeah, could be you'd the rather first. get fired someplace else. He's a good dude. Taylor? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a great story. I, you know, I get it. The natural thing is to think who's got connections to Ole Miss. The, I think the more the – other, the, the other thing, that, the probably more accurate thing would be to try to find out who's got, at this point, connections to Chris Partridge. Yeah. That's the route. I mean, if you're searching for a, a tree to – Hunt. Makes you wonder if Partridge goes, God, why don't we just keep Marquise Watson? Well, I'm sure that Chris Partridge thought that today yeah. on numerous occasions. Could have made this real simple. This was simple. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Partridge could have coached in the back end. Yeah. Well, then move Joyner to linebackers. Yeah, Joyner coaches linebackers, and you're all good. Mm-hmm. But ifs and buts and candy and nuts. 
Oh, was someone saying freeze, not interested. No, no, no. He would go. He would. I would. I would be shocked. Be shocked if if freeze did not want the Auburn job. I, w- I will tell you that I was told yesterday that Auburn's not interested in the the current administration is not interested in freeze. Though I do think that um, Sankey and the SEC have signed off on it. Oh, really? I do think they have. That's over now. Reached the point where they feel like he has paid his dues or paid his penance. Grizzlies up 13 right now in Detroit. Talked about them on this morning's show a little bit. I think I said this already. I do know this. There are people close to Freeze who have told Freeze that Auburn would not be a good fit for him. There is a ton of media at Auburn. There is a that is a involved, passionate fan base. They are involved a lot. The message boards, the social media is active. For a guy like Hugh, that might be more than he can handle. Fair. Because I don't think Hugh's gotten past the point where he searches his name on Twitter. And that that would be consuming at a place like Auburn. Yeah. The SEC announced the uh, the price of the checks that are coming to the league today. Saw that. Um, revenue rose to seven hundred and seventy-seven million during the fiscal year, an increase of one hundred and twenty million from the previous year. So when you divide that equally, um, excluding bowl expenses, each school will receive roughly fifty-four point six million dollars this season for. Uh, Playing football in this league. That's what the ACC gets, right? They get about 54, 55. I would like to know. I'd be curious how many schools, and it's not a huge number, but I mean, obviously, most of the group of five. I wonder how many schools have a total athletic budget below $54 million. Oh, a bunch. And it's just what the league is giving a school. I mean, a bunch, right? Well, I mean, it wasn't. It was 12 years ago that Ole Miss was in that range. I mean, it hadn't been that long ago. Ole Miss is like 120 or something now. But Television contracts, postseason football games, the SEC championship game, the conference men's basketball tournament, NCAA championships, and then a supplemental surplus distribution. It does not include a one-time supplement of approximately $23 million given to each school in 2021 that helped offset the financial impact of COVID-19. Did the Sun Belt passed out twenty three million to everybody? I don't as think a just just as a rainy day. Hey, we'll yeah, help hey, you guys we're out. Good. How do you get to twenty three? Why that number? Guess they just did some math, or they were honoring Ryan Sandberg. Who knows? Thank you. Just a few months into a contract extension that will keep him with the conference through twenty twenty six. Apparently the there's there's conversation about the UAB line. What's the line tonight? UAB's up twenty two, but the, the line is twenty three. Oh, who are they playing? Uh, Southern Miss. You what channel that's on? Uh, ask the thread. They seem very interested. So it might have to be a TV two thing. I don't I don't know. Oh, oh here right we go. There. Here we go. Right there. CBS Sports Network. Okay. The line's twenty three. Yep. Yes. Oh, they're, and they're up 23 with 451. <laughs> and Southern Miss has the ball. It, don't you love betting? I mean, people watching a game that is 80 to 57 with four minutes to go. I mean, and Andy's <laughs> pissed about something. 
His uh, record got broken the other night. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a cool pick, the guy coming off the court yeah. and uh, the single-game scoring record, 40-something. Uh, Andy's record was 41, okay. and Jelly Walker got 42. Okay. I had talked to Andy the other night before that happened, and I was like, how's your team? And he goes, well, we got this one kid, Jelly Walker, who can score. And he did. And he did. He was right. He's probably liking their team. Yeah, I think so. I mean, what are they, 18 and 5? Am I reading that right? Yeah, 18 and 5. They lost to uh, South Carolina. They had a weird loss to San Francisco. Lost to uh, West Virginia. Like Southern Miss is not good. And then they lost a uh, 21. Kind of lost a weird league game the other day. Who did they lose to? Marshall? Did they? Somebody like that? Yeah. Okay. Thought they won in Ruston. Interview here. Yeah, saw that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not stare at the screen for the next three fifty. Maybe Southern Miss. I'm game. now invested in the line. And yeah, I, don't, no, I don't have a nickel on it. This is why I couldn't bet. I'd be I'd be too nervous watching mop up time. Whether or not, yeah. like, shoot a text. Hey, Andy. No, we got to go here, bud. You hey. do wonder. Andy's pretty suave about stuff. He had an idea. Going I'm guessing in. he knows the line. You think so? But you can't leave your team out there and get somebody hurt. Jelly can't be on the floor with a no, minute left. I mean, someone else is going to have to get it done, you know? He's not, like, drawing up stuff right now going, hey, guys, no, look. Yeah, go, no, no. no, no, no. He's on. not thinking, okay, carry the one. No, I mean. All right, we'll uh, we'll open up the phone lines. I'll pray they work. It's been a day. Ole Miss was picked to win the SEC in baseball today by the elite coaches. Oh, really? They were, yes. What's the, what's the order of prediction? So, in a little bit of – for people um, – the way it works is every coach picks a Western or an Eastern t- winner or an Eastern winner and, and then you, an overall winner. And you can't pick yourself. That's correct. You cannot okay. pick yourself. Right. Um, so it, it created a weird dynamic. In the West, they have Ole Miss finishing second to Arkansas. Okay. 80 points for Arkansas, 77 points for Ole Miss. Okay. Uh, 77 points for State, actually. They're tied for second. Um, LSU, 62 fourth in the West, Alabama 38, fifth in the West, A&M sixth in the West, 36 points, and then Auburn, who's apparently really bad this year, 22 points, seventh in the uh, in the West. In the East, Vanderbilt won. They got nine of 14 first-place votes. Florida second, uh, three first-place votes. The Georgia Bulldogs third. They got two first-place votes in the East. Okay. Tennessee at four, South Carolina at five, Kentucky at six, and then Missouri at seven. Um, okay. But – Ole Miss got more overall. For the overall votes, okay. Ole Miss gets four votes, which means everybody who picked Ole Miss to win the West also picked them to win the overall title. Okay. Arkansas, three first-place votes, meaning three of the five picked them to win, but the other two picked the East team, which is how you end up here. Florida, two. State, two. Vanderbilt, two. And then LSU got one vote. So what I take from that is that the, the half of the league is very, very good. Yeah, and half of the league, fair? yeah, and the coaches really like Ole Miss and Arkansas in the East by a, even overstate, even though they're tied, it feels like they have Ole Miss and Arkansas a touch. But the it. teams that everybody likes are Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Florida. Is that right? Ole Miss, State, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Florida, and Georgia's really trendy right now because of how they're going to pitch. Okay. Georgia's really, really Pitching matters. Pitch it. Yeah, they're going to pitch it. Now, do they hit? They never do, so we'll see. Tennessee's in an interesting year, year two under Tony Vitello. 
you got to kind of do that sophomore thing, which isn't as easy as that year one, really getting everybody up with piss and vinegar and kind of doing the whole yeah, sure that that thing. Um, and then from a, an individual award, uh, Jacob Gonzalez, first team All SEC at shortstop, um, as the only Ole Miss first place, and then second place they've got several. Hayden Dunhurst, uh, second team, which I kind of thought he wouldn't beat out Tanner Allen, but either way. At catcher, Tim Boko, second team at first base. Peyton Chatagnier, uh, second team at second base. And Kevin Graham, second team in the outfield for uh, for the Rebels. So that is where It's a loaded are. lineup. It is a loaded lineup, yeah. No, they're – Ole Miss and LSU have the two best lineups in the league, maybe probably in the country. Um, as I said, Ole Miss is deeper. They are better one through nine in their lineup. LSU, I feel like, has a better middle of the lineup um, because they – I mean, they really, really hit with Dylan Cruz and um, Jacob Berry in Arizona transfer that mm-hmm. came with Jay Johnson that Ole Miss saw up close and personal in Tucson last year. So, uh, yeah, so uh, that's kind of your SEC rundown. Arkansas with three, let's see, they have only, they have two, one first-teamer. Who's that, the second baseman? Robert Moore. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the second team, they've got Caden Wallace at third base and Brady Slavins in the outfield. Um, and Caden – no, that's it. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. Okay. Hey, caller, who do we have? Hey, guys, it's Mark from D.C., uh, long-time caller, long-time listener. So, I have a, a hypothetical for, for you guys. So, how much different would the 2020 football season be if – we had or Ole Miss had the 2021 defense. How much different? Oh, okay. Yeah, I had to think for a minute. Um, I'm pulling it up because they went five and five, five. And five, four and five with the bowl win. Uh, do they beat? Ole Miss got no stops against Florida. Because they lose to Florida, fifty-one no thirty-five. You're in it. You're in it. And maybe, yeah, did would have still been hard, but a better chance there, sure. The question is, do they have a shot against Alabama? Do on, they beat on Alabama that, on that night? Probably, probably win the game. I would actually give them a better shot against Bama than Florida for whatever reason, because Florida seemed to kind of lose interest at some point and had had Ole Miss kept scoring to kind of keep it interesting. Yeah, uh, I think they probably beat Alabama. Um, Arkansas beats them 33-21 in that intercept. But the interception is just killing yeah. you. I don't know that I'm changing it off that. Probably not. Auburn beats them 35-28. They win that the game. game. They were gonna. They frankly probably won anyway. And they beat LSU. Well, with, without a ref call, I mean, that game was an Ole Miss win anyway. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, probably. Yeah, I think you've got them down to – They beat LSU. Who would have won? I mean, hell, they have two – I've got them at two losses. That's about right. Yeah, 7-2 yeah. and two in the regular season because they didn't play A&M. And then Do you think game? we would have beaten A and M that year? Well, you would if you put them the first time. We didn't have Kellen Mond, but here's the other thing well, to keep well, in mind. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking like if everybody's healthy. If, obviously, we don't. We we probably crush A and M without Kellen Mond, but they have Kellen Mond. I think it's a pretty competitive game. Here's the other thing: is in this past year's defense at the beginning of the year, in the in the big games, they weren't particularly good. Like Alabama lit them up, Arkansas lit them up. And then they started to kind of figure it out. So if that trend held, that Alabama game would have been really interesting. Yeah, but even as bad as the this year's defense was in the first, well, the first game was really well. Uh, the first half was really good in the first game. But say 
I'm talking about first conference yeah. games. When I'm, I'm not talking yeah. about I'm not talking about Tulane and stuff. I'm talking about I'm talking about Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee. That's kind of how they started. And if you go back and look at that Alabama game, they weren't particularly good on defense that day in in Tuscaloosa, no. and then they weren't good on defense at all against Arkansas. And then they started to figure it out against Tennessee, and then they got going. I mean, once they figured it out, I mean, if if you take the first half of the season out, I mean, they were probably a top what four or five defense in the SEC. Uh, yeah, I'd have to think about it a little bit more than that, but yeah, probably. Um, yeah, probably so. So, so with the amount of transfers that we have coming in this year, I mean, is is it crazy to think that there's only one lo- one just absolutely permanent L on the schedule for this year that just I can't win, which would be Alabama. Um, I mean, you're you're saying all those portal guys hit, um, and I'm not saying they're not going well, to with, hit, but you're with, you're maxing with, with it out. Track record the past two years. I mean, even if ninety percent of or eighty percent of them hit, I mean that's 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 a pretty good that's a pretty good team. The gauntlet on the second half is what scares yeah. you because it's just back to back to back to back to back. I, I don't. That schedule sets up really good early to get these guys experience and confidence and settle in your new quarterback, whether that's Jackson Dart or Luke Altmaier. But when you get to that second half, it's just on and on and on and on. It's just hard to handicap what that does because typically at some point you get banged and bruised and you go on the road and somebody pops you. Yeah. So, so, so realistically, and for fans to be okay for next season, it's probably eight and four, nine and three. That's probably nine and three, probably the best case. Worst case scenario is probably seven and five, eight and four ish. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I mean, if you put a gun to my head and told me to predict the season, I would predict eight and four. I think I, think. I would too. Um, yeah. but you know, like Kentucky is a losable game. I know, I know we're bashing Auburn today, but I was having this conversation with someone earlier today who was kind of asking about this. I'm just not going to be that guy that goes, yeah, Ole Miss has a W over Auburn. It, it, it they, they don't. Well, Ole Miss just doesn't beat Auburn. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, I, it, so the, and I hear people do that. And there's like, oh, that's a win. I'm like, well, I get it that on paper it looks it's like winnable. it looks like a win, and yeah. it feels like a win. But until you beat them, it's not a win. And then after that, it's like Chase said, it's those last five games, and I don't have them in order in my head. But I mean, Alabama at home, and then at Texas A&M, and then at Arkansas, at Arkansas, and you got to go to LSU and, and Mississippi State's got a bunch of guys back and a third year starter at quarterback, and you know they're going to want that game bad and. You know, just the – it's hard for me to believe that, oh, I mean, outside of Alabama, that out of those other four games, that that's just some 4-0 stretch. That just that just feels feels awfully optimistic. But, you know, look, if they do it, kudos to them. I mean, it'll work out for us, but it's just kind of hard yeah, to look at that. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility, though. I mean – No, it's not. Right, it, I mean, but, but, okay, but to do that, right, if you're going to do – and I agree with you, but if you do that, then you have to turn around – and this is where I always get back into meet in the middle. Then you have to turn around and go, okay, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that you go one and four in that stretch. Yep. That you lose Absolutely. at LSU, that you lose at College yep. Station, that you lose in Fayetteville, that you, that you get, you know – that Mississippi State gets you, that you're kind of banged up, that you lose to Kentucky. I mean, you know, the, all of those things are are, are are possibilities as well. And so, you know, when you do the worst cases, seven and five, and they did not cover, by the way. Worst cases, seven and five. And, um, What's he mad about? Uh, maybe he had maybe he bet on it. I don't know. Is the game over? I think so. 
worst case is seven and five, and best case is ten and two. The middle is where you typically land. Eight and four, yeah, yeah. Eight and four, nine and three, yeah. I get it. Last question. So, uh-huh. where would you rank? And obviously, we're kind of going out of limb. Well, not really a limb, but we 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 all kind of think that Jackson Dart is going to be the starting quarterback. I mean, just based off talent and ability alone. If where would you rank Dart in terms of like SEC quarterbacks right now? Um, I'd have to have a list in front of me. I'd put Bryce Young one, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, Stetson Bennett just led his team to a national title. I'd have to put him up there in terms of proven commodities. Um, I mean, I'm thinking just based off abilities, probably top six at least. Yeah, I could see that. It's about. I wouldn't want to go much higher than that right now. But gonna do it. I mean, you look at his list, and he blew up Washington State, and he was fine in the other games. It was a true freshman. I'm not criticizing him. Yeah, but we haven't seen it go week in, week out. What he does at Ole Miss, though. Uh, let me see the wide receivers. I mean, the backfield for damn sure. Um, I think they're going to put a pretty good line together. You're going to have Jeremy James sliding over to left tackle. You got a broker sliding in. Mason Brooks playing right tackle. They put a good group together there. Um, but I kind of want to see the wideouts a little bit. Um, I mean, they look good on paper. They do. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you've heard a ton of good stuff about Jalen Knox. Um, we'll see what he looks like. See if Deion well, we Smith comes to fruition. A lot of good stuff about Michael Spurlock and Enrique Davis from other coaches, and you saw that turned out. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, I mean, look, we'll see. Look at his stats. He was, uh, he, he was. Last five games were he, he was uh, twelve of eighteen for one hundred nine yards against Arizona. He was eight of seventeen. But Arizona's for, terrible. Eight of seventeen for eighty nine yards against Arizona State. Had a, had a a pick in that game against UCLA. He was twenty seven of forty seven for three twenty five, a, a touchdown and two picks uh, against BYU, which I'm sure was an emotional game for him. He uh, he was twenty three of thirty five for two forty eight and a touchdown. And then uh, their season finale at Cal, he was seventeen of twenty six with a touchdown in a twenty four to fourteen loss. So, so, I mean, average you know, numbers, but like y'all said, he's a true freshman. Yeah, I mean, good numbers, you know. But, yeah, there's still a lot to prove. I mean, he, he's not as he's not the proven commodity that the kid at Kentucky is um, at this point. He could be by week five or six. But, you know, he's got some, he's got some stuff to prove. And I'm kind of like Chase. I mean, look, I think he's going to win the job, and I expect him to win the job. But I I do think there will be a um, – I do think there will be a competition there, and and you know. so do you think the talent gap between Altmaier and, and and Dart is significant, or is it's kind of somewhat close? I don't know. I, you know, I, I I think the pure talent's not overly crazy different. I mean, I actually like Luke's talent. I think there's some improvisation skills. I, I think that what he did, just sort of playing football in the Sugar Bowl, settled him a little bit. I mean, I'm not sure if there's the overall arm strength, but Frankly, I think he's very capable of being a, a, a very competent college quarterback. I don't know that it's – I mean, it's pure talent. I don't know if there's a ton of difference. Yeah. We just haven't seen Luke developed. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But I'd bet on Dart. All right, be, well, guys, I, I appreciate it. I'll long enough. I uh, hope you have a good night, and I'll enjoy the rest of the show. All right, thank you. Yep, yeah, have a good one. You too.
Yeah, Southern Miss loses by 21, so Hang that's on. a cover for the Eagles. It crashed for a second. I think, back. I, I think we're back. Hold on. Oh, trying to go back now. The Skype thing. Isn't that weird? It. it just kills it. And I restarted it. And We're showing excellent. So yeah, I, I think know. we're back. It's just weird. And it doesn't do it every time. Okay. Sorry about that. Does anything in the baseball prediction shock you? Oh, uh, let me get it back up. Just a loaded league. Seeing Judd Fabian back at Florida is interesting. Oh, he did go back, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He had a really disappointing... So much. I mean, I know it doesn't necessarily matter in the pros, but so much swing and miss. Yeah. Just and at the college level, when there's that level of swing and miss, you kind of go, "Hey, it, like, is there just a lot of swing and miss? Like, is that all that's kind of here?" Um, how good talent wise that outfield is on that first team? Dylan Cruz at LSU just hammers the baseball. Fabian and then Enrique Bradfield Jr. from Vanderbilt. Oh, that kid's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a really, really stout offense. Uh, Landon Sims, interesting. I mean, he was an All-American closer for State. He's now their Friday night starter. They've transitioned him into the rotation. It's kind of interesting. Um, and then Vanderbilt's name to know this year is uh, Nick Maldonado. Replacing. Is he related to the Candy Maldonado, Martin Maldonado, the all the Major League Baseball Maldonados? No idea. I'm kind of curious now, though. And then Hunter Barco from Florida was the other first team. Doesn't appear to. Okay. On bios, all I've got is uh, his father played baseball at Manhattan College. His sister played softball at Notre Dame. He had a brother play baseball at Pitt and another brother who's committed to play baseball at Clemson. So there's the athletic family. So you'd think if his dad were uncle or someone were... I would assume that would be on the list. That'd make the... The Vanderbilt bio. And you'd want... If I'm Vanderbilt, I'd want that because that would explain how... He afforded to pay his own way. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> See, this Vanderbilt should add a line at the bottom, and it's like, yeah, like combined annual income or something like, like some something like that. So Kumar Rocker goes back in the draft. Is that right? Yeah, How does that work? He's just done nothing, right? Yeah, the Mets owned his. They own his rights for, for a, a year. year. Mm-hmm. But then the draft comes up, and they don't own his rights anymore. So he goes back into the draft, or can he sign as a free agent? Thought he goes in the draft, right? I don't know. I'm guessing that's right, but I don't know yeah, that to be the case. I'm not 100% you just sure. never see that happen. But I guess it's the same as, but it's not the same as a high school kid who declines the, because the, then he goes to college in the, for three years. The only similarity would be did Hochaver get drafted before he went independent ball back in the day? Or did know. he do that? Did he just. I don't know. Because wasn't he the one that ended up playing for like the. Fort Wayne Cat, whatever they're called, the the independent team. For some reason, for some reason, Hochaber right. is the name that came to mind. It's been the most similar. He was the kid from Tennessee. Yeah. Uh huh. P 
people are asking about John Rice Plumley. Will he play for UCF? Has he gotten any kind of a clearance? I have not heard anything about a waiver for him. Um, Has he requested one? Or is the school, I, yes, I was the was, as far as I know, he was doing all he could to try to be eligible for UCF this season. Yes. Why would you not let him be eligible? What's the what's the gain there? Well, there is none. I mean, it, it's 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 stupid. I mean, it, um, real, you got a caller? Hang on, okay, hang, hang on, real quick. Uh, so Ho Chaver, for anybody who's curious, they selected uh, Ho Chaver 40th overall in the 2005 draft. After initial initial negotiations between the Dodgers and him and Boris, he switched agents and accepted a $2.98 million signing bonus from scouting director Logan White. However, the next day, he changed his mind on switching agents, returned to Boris, and reneged on the deal. After several more months, uh, they never came to an agreement. He entered the draft again in 2006, a year later, um, and was selected by the Royals first overall. Okay. So we went from 40th to first by not playing. That was a good move. It was a good move, yes. Hey, who do we have? Hey, this is Philip in Memphis. Hey, Philip. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say, how y'all doing? Um, I was listening to either this morning's podcast or uh, the one with Tyler Siski, and I had a thought on the unintended consequence of the portal, and I just wanted to get, get your opinion on this. Okay. Um, do you think that portal jumpers, as I'm calling them, are going to have the same fondness for the their final university as someone who signed as a high school senior and stuck with it for four to five years. Like, is Joe Burr going to be as fond of LSU as Romero Miller is of of Ole Miss? Joe Burrow will be uh, because he his his experience was so incredibly positive there, and and they were the school that kind of gave him a chance. Um, Will your typical transfer? I don't know. Probably not. How could you, I guess? But, yeah. you know, I mean, it dep- I think it will probably be like a lot of people's college experience. It will vary depending on what kind of experience you have. There will be a fondness if you get developed and get to the NFL, and that's the reason you did it is because you went to that yeah. school. It's not like Romero necessarily, but it's a, it's its own type of thing there where you're getting, you know, there's look, it's more of a business deal. And I don't mean, like, forget oh, yeah. recruiting. I don't mean that. I mean, literally, who's going to develop me? Where do I get the ball? Where do I get on the field? What do I do? And how do I get to the next level? Yeah. They're not worried about the recruiting photos unless they're using some Instagram stuff for a couple of days. Um, like, I'm it's, guessing it's, Mason Brooks, for example, right, who, who spent four seasons, four full seasons, maybe even five at Western Kentucky, and he's taking mm-hmm. advantage of this COVID thing. He comes to Ole Miss, and he's coming to Ole Miss for a couple of reasons. I mean, I talked to him for the story that we wrote when he when he committed or transferred or whatever word we're using for that. And, you know, he, he said uh, he felt like he wanted to play at the highest level that you can play in college, which is the SEC, and he wanted to uh, improve his stock to the point where he would get invited to the Senior Bowl and he would get invited to uh, the NFL Scouting Combine, which is harder to do from Western Kentucky, but – so I'm sure that if that happens, and I hope for his sake that it does, that that happens, he'll look back at probably both places fondly. But, I mean, it would be understandable, right, if the place that kind of had more sentimental, mushy value was Western Kentucky and the place that maybe he looked at and said that, that place helped me get there was Ole Miss. I mean, you can you can love two schools at once. Yeah, I, I just the, – the, the, the business – aspect was a good point that's what i was thinking is 
you know, a lot of these people that are transferring, it's like you said, no, coach, I don't need to know that the girls are the prettiest there and the grove is the greatest piece of grass and trees that have ever lived. What are you doing for me for an NIL perspective? How quickly can I get on the field? Who's in front of me in the depth chart? They're more looking at it from free agency and it's more of a business transaction. Whereas, you know what's funny? You know, it's a great point that you bring up, but I don't, I don't know based on, and I would have before about two weeks ago, I would have thought you were right. But I think now with the transfer guys, it's more about what can you do to get me to the league than it is the whole NIL thing. And with the high school kids, it's the NIL thing. That's been my experience over the last couple of weeks from just kind of talking to a lot of people is that it's the it's the high-level elite high school kid that is sort of driving NIL deals. And the, the transfer guy, especially the guys that only have a year or so left, they're, they're less mm-hmm. consumed. They're less interested in that and far more interested in, in getting the tape that they need for the NFL to see that they can play at this level so that they improve their, their draft stock. Interesting. All right. Well, it, it was, like I said, I was listening, and uh, one of those ideas that came up, and I started talking back to y'all, and I was like, oh, never mind. I'm listening to the podcast. Can't <laughs> chime in. So I was waiting for tonight. Well, we appreciate the call. Yeah, thank you. Uh-huh. Let's see what happens. Where are we going to die again? Yeah, but we didn't there. Okay this time? It appears so. Hey, who do we have? Hey, it's Steven Greenville. Hey, Steve. Hey, I got a question for Chase. Uh-huh. Are you watching uh, How I Met Your Father? Uh, I've only watched the first Is episode. Is that real? Yeah, have you not seen that? No. Uh-uh. Neil, like, perked up about a show he doesn't watch. Well, I figured he was trolling you about it. No, 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 no. It's, <laughs> uh, your it's, it's, uh, it's Duff, the actress. She's the main character. Um, I've only watched the pilot. I, it did enough to keep me still watching. Like, I went into it wanting to hate watch it, if I'm honest. Like, I was ready to kill it. Um, they did a couple things that were smart enough. There's I, the, the secondary characters I don't care for much at all, so I don't know if I'm overly involved with it, but um, it, it did enough to make me hit play again. I thought that they were pretty clever with a couple different things. So it's 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 okay, but it's always right there in the back of my mind. I, I really would like to hate it, and it almost annoyed me. I couldn't quite fully hate it the other day. But I will keep if going, you, yes. If you ever want to see a cringe-worthy show, sure. watch the failed pilot for How I Met Your Dad. Okay. Thank Barney Stinson as a woman talking to her kids about how she met her dad. Okay. That's yeah, the thing. Cringeworthy. Okay. Yeah, it took, took me about an hour to find it online, but okay. Anyway. Right. Uh, last thing, and I promised my significant other that I would ask y'all, who should I cheer for in the Super Bowl? Bengals. Bengals. Of course. Okay, any particular reason why? Um, I mean, I don't know how anybody could go against Joe Burrow, Mike Hilton, um, Jamar Chase. There's tons of SEC connections. Young team, fun team. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati didn't require masks and vaccines all year. L.A. went nuts with all that stuff. It's lots of reasons. Matt Stafford's a good dude, and his last shot, Burrow's going to get his. That's your Rams argument. Dan Marino says hello. I I haven't watched the Super Bowl since the Saints were in one, so I got getting dragged to this one. So, 
All right. Thought I'd ask. Yep. Take a good, have a good night, guys. But Dan Marino thought, I'm going to get another shot. Or Jim Kelly thought he would win one eventually. Uh, yeah. It's, that documentary on that. Uh, Cole asked a question earlier. Cole, thanks for the super chat. He says, Neil, can you explain Landry's color coding? I missed the origin of that. So, uh, let's see. Is it binder tabs? Like, how, why, why is it a color system? I don't know. I never, well, I never asked. God, can you imagine how bad that radio would have been if you got him to explain it? So-and-so's a blue color. So-and-so's a red player. But we didn't know what the scale was. Well, I didn't either. I just always cringed at that. Like, what are we, there's no way anyone's interested in this. There's a lot of paper in that room. Red was really good. Is that right? And then. Blue was just oh, kind of blue good. wasn't better like blue chip like we couldn't be that simple. <laughs> we had to overcomplicate it. I mean, no sense of getting defensive for him. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't do it. Um, yes, I couldn't. And if you were like a yellow player, wasn't it, didn't he have a yellow player? That was just kind of like a I, I don't know average player or something. Did he was every player color coded? Color every coded? player was coded. Like in the country? Pretty much. <laughs> we need a hobby. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. Something. Coin collecting. Stamps. Bird watching. Something. <laughs> well, home team was entertaining. Was it really? I can't hit the button. I can't make myself even. Hit the button to hate it. I want to watch it. I'm going to get around to it. I mean... The little bit of clips and things I've seen, it's like, whoa. So these are the highlights? <laughs> I mean... It reminds me of like when you see a... The, you know, like a, a school does like what their, their equivalent of the season or whatever from the 52 to 7 loss. <laughs> you see that play early in the game where, hey, a run for 17 yards. That was the highlight. You do miss the old-timey coaches' shows during the blowout loss. Yeah. When they're trying to, hey, let's talk about the third quarter. You got a good gain of four right there. Take us through that one. <laughs> did you think right here you had something going? Well, Billy, kind of did. Do you Because know, they used to tape those right after the games. Can you imagine? Because the number of times the coach was so pissed off having to do that. The poor TV guy. Just. You know, he was like, oh, shit. I haven't watched the Kurt Warner movie either. I, I, I haven't. No, <laughs> it, it doesn't look good either. Hey, who do we have? Yo, it's Grind. Grind, what's up? Oh, man, I'm having a pretty good night right now, man. If South Alabama come through and go ahead and clear this 15 and that game go over 135, I'll clear 16 of the night. I'll be feeling real good. Man. Oh, that's good. Who's South Alabama playing? Arkansas Little Rock. Okay. Is that in Mitchell Center or is it in Little Rock? No, it's in the Mitchell Center, man. I just saw like like I just saw South Alabama favored by fifteen and you know, if if they favored by fifteen over somebody and they that that probably mean they're gonna win big. So I just went ahead and took them. Yeah, because they usually play pretty well at home. Yeah, you know they got a uh, Auburn transfer, uh what's that guy's name? Uh gosh. If if dang his name is uh escaping me right now, but he plays point guard. Turbo. Turbo. Yeah, I'll take sure. your word for it. Yeah. 
So I don't know if you guys have, uh, saw in the chat. It's, it's some small, like small conference stuff. But the Horizon League, Illinois and Chicago is leaving the Horizon League for another conference. And so the Horizon League is suspending all their winter sports from participating in conference tournaments. So, you know, well, and, you know, it really doesn't matter with that basketball program from what I hear because they're not going to get it. You know, they're not good enough to uh, win the conference tournament or getting that large bid uh, anyway. But is that something that y'all can see like G5 or maybe even Power 5 conferences doing in the future? So they're not allowing Illinois Chicago to play in one? No, they're not allowing their, their winter sports. Period. Uh, to Yeah, period. To participate in any co- uh, conference postseason tournaments. No, I, conference, you know, tournaments after I, that. I don't think a Power 5 league would be that petty. Now, they might get officials to say, hey, make it hard. Ooh. Um, but I, I don't think they'd prevent them from playing. I, I agree with that. I, I think I agree with that because that seems super petty, man. Like, why are you going to, you know, basically take it out on the kids? There's a, there's a lot of – this this whole conference realignment thing gets people pretty worked up. I mean – People people get people get irritated about this. I mean, more than irritated is not strong enough. People get emotional about the whole conference realignment and letting people in and not letting people in. And there's a lot of like, I mean, the Big Twelve, even though it's kind of they've they've gotten over it to some degree. They're they're still pretty hung up on Texas and Oklahoma and all that's yeah. happened. I mean, there's I mean, yeah. like I mean, I heard just yesterday Oklahoma Oklahoma contends that they stop they're not getting calls that they normally get in basketball that they're they're getting victimized on the court from an officiating standpoint and they're they're blaming Big 12 refs. Oh yeah, I can believe that. I mean, yeah, like I can totally see that. I can see, you know, how, you know, bigger conferences will move covertly against, you know, teams that's, you know, leaving the conference and stuff like that. All right, let's get to the elephant in the room. We 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 can talk about Illinois, Chicago, and the Horizon League, and all that stuff another night. What I mean, come on, what is going on? <laughs> can you name another Horizon team member? Right league in the Hori- right state. Right state is in the Horizon League. Good How about job. that? There you go. That's that? the only one I had. But yeah. Wisconsin, Milwaukee. <laughs> Are they Wisconsin, Milwaukee's in the or Green Bay? I think Green Bay's in the Horizon. Okay. All is, right. Sorry, Grind. Is ahead. DePaul in the Horizon? I, that I don't know. Okay. All right. No, I think the Paul's in the uh and then the ATM American. Okay. Oh really? I think ain't the Paul in the American. Okay. I don't know. Or, or they might they might be in the A ten with Creighton and them. They with somebody here. Uh, a ten <laughs> sounds better than American. But y- y'all are both stalling at this point. Let's talk Auburn. They're in the SEC. What's 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 happening? <laughs> man, man. At first, like a week ago, I didn't say nothing about it. But it seems like it's died down. But people were trying to snoop for video evidence from what I was hearing. Video I evidence hearing. of of him doing I, 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 things. I mean, y'all got a P. It's it's a it's a G show. I think it's a G. I only think this PG, right? Is is it PG or G? Yeah, we know where you're going. We're probably PG thirteen. Yeah. I mean. Okay. 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 Yeah. And so, I think that came. You know, that ended up rearing no results. And as of right now, man, because what's really blowing is people that's in tune know that this year's class in the state of Alabama is kind of like how the state of Mississippi was in 2019, but probably even a little better. And Auburn's going to basically blow their opportunity with the way Harson moves. I hear that, you know, you got guys, former players that's on the staff like Zach Etheridge, 
uh, Cadillac. First off, first off, I hear Zach Etheridge is pissed off at the way that Harson is handling uh, local recruiting because that's where the area that Zach, you know, Zach Etheridge is, you know, handling this stuff. So I heard that Etheridge has a standing offer from Georgia right now. From you, yep, yep. And I heard, I heard that Carnell Williams, Cadillac, has. Um, I covered him, and for I still think of him as Carnell. Um, I've heard that uh, he's got some NFL overtures that are becoming increasingly real. And nope. and so here's what I heard. Let me, let, let me tell you. Let me tell you what I heard about Auburn in-state recruiting, and you can tell me whether I'm I'm sourced for well or not. I'm told that so that Auburn had some junior days or whatnot, and there was. Either one or none, I can't remember, it was only one or none of the top 20 players in Alabama in the 2023 class came to Auburn for the junior day, which is unheard of in that state. That is correct. Because actually one kid, you, you know where Central Phoenix is. Yeah. And you know how close that is to Auburn. Yeah, not far at all, within an hour. One kid left Auburn out of his top five, Tamarian Parker, Specifically because Harson didn't basically didn't visit the Harson basically basically visited the kid once, which was on a Friday the weekend before Junior Day visit, and said, "Hey, come to Auburn." And basically, the kid was looking at you like like he had three heads, like dude, like what like what are you talking about? Like you know, like you know, his position, his area recruiter has been doing his job, but Harson is not sealing the deal. Like SEC coaches are going out and sealing the deal. You already heard, you know, y'all regurgitated what I said earlier in the chat, and that's not going to fly down here, man. Oh no! I mean, I mean, even Alabama recruiting nationally has to recruit the state. Yeah, it it finally hits me now when Kobe Hudson has said, "Man, he don't understand kids from down here." It kind it, it's it's starting to hit me now. It's starting to hit me now. It's a certain way, and it's I mean, this is where most like if you want to win championships, compete for the for the. For the mid prize, this is where the, most of the players come from. Sure, and you gotta relate to these kids, man. Whether you whether you want to or not, whether you seeing it as sucking it up or bending, whatever, you gotta do it, bro. So why did and they hire not, him? Gonna, why did they hire him, Grind? Because at the end of the day, and I, you heard what I said earlier, so I'm not going to totally regurgitate it, but I I, I kind of feel strongly about this. At the end of the day, even if Brian Harson's the biggest jerk ever, and and there are people who say that, and even if Brian Harson might even have some tendencies that go towards bad things, right? You hired him. I mean, they hired him. Did they not do their homework? Did what happen? Because this it, let's what let's say that he's all of the things that people say he is. He didn't become those things in one year. He was those things before. He didn't get to Auburn and go, "Oh, son of a bitch." No, I just doesn't. Life doesn't work like that. So, how did how did Auburn miss all this and hire him anyway? To be honest, if you think about the details of the search and like how what how everything was going down and how Green was sort of acting in his own way, if you kind of think of it as you know, take titles and stuff off people. If you just think of it as you have this one person that's basically thinking rogue against a group of people, he's not going to basically find somebody that thinks like that group of people. He's going to find somebody that more so thinks like he does, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah, so along those lines, I was told that Alan Green met Brian Harson at in Mexico. At, they, were at a, they were in the same resort. 
or whatever, and they were yes. they were at a pool together, and the two of them just started up a conversation. Alan Green was the AD at Auburn, and Brian Harson was the head football coach at Boise State, and they just hit off hit it off, and Green really liked him, and when this thing got More going, just hit it off, huh? <laughs> More than them just hit it off. <laughs> but he just went and hired him. Which as someone who covered Auburn and sort of and sort of yeah, and sort of understands the dynamics there is it is difficult for me to believe that Alan Green had the the power forget the guts or the whatever, the power, just the ability, right? That the ability, the power to just go do that. Well at the time I don't think Auburn had a a president in place. I think we had an interim still. Which I mean, not talking about that kind of power. Jimmy Rain wasn't out of business though, right? I mean, he, they were still they were still doing the lumber and the the, the pine and the, the the yellow wood, the yellow tag. If it doesn't have the yellow tag, it's not. I mean, they, they, he was still around, right? Yeah, and I mean, and that whole Kevin Steele thing, the whole Kevin Steele thing, just seems like if you just think about things now, it just seems like. Like, Alan Green put that Kevin Steele stuff out. He got that started. Yeah. Had to. <sighs> Which is – So, what? how's this we, end? What do you, what's your prediction? How does it end? I mean, hell, if Vegas don't set this – if Vegas <laughs> set this over-under for Auburn win total, anything above six, I'm going to go hammer that under. I'm going to put about a, a thousand on that under. I don't think Auburn wins – I don't think Auburn goes to a bowl game, man. Does Harson coach those games? <laughs> I'm going to say the people at Auburn just tight their purses and bite their tongues until the twelfth game. And I'm and after he walks out of Brian Dennis Stadium, I'm pretty sure they're gonna have a check, you know, waiting for him right there. I think that's what I, I'm pretty sure. And I'm pretty sure that game in Brian Dennis is gonna be bad. And I mean for the like for the past, if you like Tommy Tuberville last game was at Brian Dennis thirty six nothing. Yeah, Gene Chizik last game forty nine, no fifty five nothing. Gus Malzahn last game fifty six eighteen. Is it for like Auburn head coach's last game against Nick Saban and Brian Dennett has not been pretty. I think that's what I would bet on too. I they just don't appear to have the stomach to stroke the eighteen point three or whatever it is. I agree. I agree, and I just think that you know just go, just gonna have to tough this one out, man. Just gonna have to tough tough this one out. I think Alan Green. Need to go ahead and find him a new spot, find him somewhere to you know somewhere to stay. Brown Harson, hopefully, you know he can get on his feet somewhere else, but he got to get the hell out of Auburn. Ooh, interesting times. What's yeah, the line man, on well, Auburn? What's the line on Auburn A and M basketball? Is that set yet? No, no. I, I love no, Auburn. Honest, whatever. Oh yeah, I do too. I that's, do, yeah. that's the only thing. Hey man, we, we we got basketball, man. We got basketball. You do have that, but before. Before I let y'all go, you know, I want to hit y'all with a little trivia right quick, man. For All, right. All right. right. Okay. All right. So, look, this, this challenge is, is a little different. It's going to be basically it's going to, I'm, I'm going to pit two teams against each other, and you tell me which two teams have the most wins of all, you know, between the two, have, you know, more football wins between the two. All time. We're going to do it seven times. You know, if we're going to do it seven times, you get four or more. I got y'all. Okay. okay. All, right. This is what all time wins, all time all time wins in college football. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. South Carolina versus Arizona. 
Okay, Carolina typically has sucked, right? Like forever. Yeah, they. I mean, they had like the George Rogers era when they were in whatever league that was in, like Metro or something. Yeah, like. they used to play like Tulane and all those teams. And didn't they kind of dominate that league though? Didn't they win a lot of games? You, when you're they asking the, me stuff that I can't even. And and I don't know about Arizona. I mean, I've never really thought about Arizona being particularly good. I'm sure they've had moments, but. They like didn't they? Tommy was their coach for a while, and they, they had they had a pretty good little run for a bit. I don't know. They had Mario Bates at running back for a little while. The Saints drafted him at some point. He sucked. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm my guess. Chase is South Carolina. <sighs> they dude, they've been bad. Uh, we got to be consensus here, don't we? Yep, I need consensus. I like Arizona, but I'll go with South Carolina if you want to go with South Carolina. But I think it's Arizona. Okay. Um, what are y'all going to like? You get final in? call. No, I'm going to let you final have final call. call. You're better at this than I am. You. I think Carolina sucks. I think it's Arizona. Final call? Yeah. I'll all eat right. it if I'm wrong. South Carolina has 615 wins all time. Okay. Arizona has 617 wins oh. all time. Arizona has has two more wins <laughs> than South okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was a legitimate little yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. we had right there. I was Bates right. ASU. Okay, whatever. Sorry. Got it wrong. Okay, whatever. All right. Uh, Missouri versus North Carolina. Oh, wow. I bet this is super close, too. Um, well, I bet they're all super close. I have a hunch that's what we're doing here. North Carolina was bad for a long time. Okay. And it feels like Missouri, when they were in their Big 12 days, was You kinda, think they actually had some? They were kind of mediocre. And then they've been – they had a moment in the SEC, and they've been kind of mediocre for the most part. Carolina was bad for a long time. Uh, I'm going to guess – I'm going to guess Missouri. Okay. I have no real opinion, so sure. All right. Missouri has 688 wins all time. North Carolina has 706 wins all time. Oh, wow. North Carolina was I wasn't even close. All right. Okay. One and one. All right. Tennessee versus Southern California. Oh, so we're getting up in the – My initial guess would be South Carolina. I mean, uh, Southern Cal. Okay. We know they're both really close. Like, he's not giving – Nobody's going to be 100 up during this game. Right, right, right. The majors, errands, all that stuff. Tennessee, frankly, even because what, what I'm thinking about here is did, you know, Ole Miss like didn't play Bama a lot of years back in the days. Did Tennessee kind of have one of those schedules too where they, they played Ole Miss a lot, but okay. where they run up wins that way where they would have kept track during the 50s and 60s? That's kind of my question. You have a good answer there. I'll be here's here's what the the natural thing is is SC because of Robinson and all the Heisman's and Pete Carroll and all that, which makes me think that Tennessee's the answer because it's a trick. <laughs> oh, you want to take Tennessee? Tennessee, we'll okay. take Tennessee. Y'all gonna take Tennessee? Okay. Yeah. All right. Southern Cal has 852 wins all time. Tennessee has 857 wins all time. <laughs> oh. Tennessee was the answer right there. There you go. Okay. So we're two and one. Texas and two and one. Two and one. Texas and them versus West Virginia. 
See, your your initial thought would be A and M. My initial thoughts West Virginia because in was it Nalen or whatever it was for a while and A and M. Yeah, West Virginia had they had two runs really the Nalen thing and then Rich Rodriguez had a run for a while. But again, they're gonna be it's just is gonna be separated by like ten wins or yeah. something. Because West Virginia played for a national title with Major Harris at quarterback. They lost to Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. Did they? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Major Harris was good. I spent some time at West Virginia. I'm familiar with some of their history and stuff. Okay. Not their number of wins, but I've been in the building and seen all the pictures and trophies and stuff. All right. Go ahead. So y'all gonna lock in West Virginia? Yeah, West Virginia. All right. Texas A and M has seven hundred and fifty eight wins all time. West Virginia has seven hundred and sixty one wins all time. West Virginia has more wins than Texas A and M. Texas A okay. and M has seven hundred and fifty eight. West Virginia has seven hundred sixty one. Okay. Look at Major Harris getting us getting us to the precipice. <laughs> so you're three and one right now. Three and one. All right. Let's see. Wisconsin versus Arkansas. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know a lot about Wisconsin before like Is Arkansas not- good? Like what is their history? I don't know. See, this is where I get lost a little bit. So Wasn't Arkansas have a didn't they have a pretty good history when they were in the Big 8 or whatever it was, the Southwest Conference, whatever? <laughs> didn't they have like they were pretty good? Typically they were one of the better teams. It's Arkansas and who? Who's the other team? Wisconsin. Oh. Like Frank Broyles, wasn't he at Lou Holtz? Lou Holtz was good at Arkansas. I, mean, I just don't know how long that was. But it seems like in like the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And now obviously Wisconsin's been running it up here lately. Yeah, that's part I don't know is like what Wisconsin was in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. I just I don't know my Big Ten history like that. But it feels like Arkansas – Back in the day, was better. Was pretty was well was consistent because they had some pretty good coaches kind of go through there. Like Ken Hatfield had a run, and Holtz was there for a while. And like when I was a kid, they played in the Southwest Conference, and they okay, were always look, in the upper half look, of it. While I'm fine with whatever answer you want to give, we're putting strategy when these two teams are going to be separated by like seven wins. Okay. So who, who the hell cares? Like it's it, like, oh well, they were really good, but no, that's not the point. Like, this thing is going to be decided by somebody's record in nineteen twenty three. I mean, so right, this so, is more psychology of what Grind is wanting us to guess. He's pairing these teams together. Right. So is he yeah. trying to trick us? Is the question. So so along those lines, I'm going to say Wisconsin. Final answer. Okay. Are y'all liking Wisconsin? Is sure. Wisconsin has 719 wins all time. Okay. Arkansas has 720 wins all okay, time. Okay, so see, it's one win. I told you, 1923 decided the damn thing. <laughs> so whatever. The 1924 yeah. Blue Bonnet Bowl. <laughs> Go ahead. Man, I, 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 I'm a laugh. It's like Wisconsin is. I mean, if Arkansas is like one and over, <laughs> Wisconsin. <all> time, <laughs> yeah, <okay>. bastards. <laughs> All right, so three and two. All right, All right got two games. Got two games left. Sure. Iowa versus TCU. Okay, we know. I mean, I'm doing this again, which is dumb. But like, we know Iowa is really good in the Hayden Fridays and all that. And stuff. Iowa's been so, consistent for a long time. 
I'm not going to be able to get out of here without picking Iowa here because Neil's going to pick Iowa no matter what. So we really should just stop the damn. <laughs> I'm a big analysis. Arkansas fan, and I didn't pick Arkansas. And no you're pissed what. off about it. You threw your pin across well, the room because we had it, and I should have just stuck with what I thought. He's going to hate himself if he doesn't. If, if if Iowa is right and he doesn't pick it, he's going to be in a sour mood the rest of the show. So he's yeah. picking Iowa. Iowa, go Hawkeyes. <laughs> All right, TCU has 662 wins all time. Iowa has 665 wins all time. Okay. Boom. Go Hawkeyes. You can always count on Iowa. Always. And all right, since you're four and two, I guess this, this last one don't even matter, but we can do it anyway. All right. Sounds good. Ole Miss, Ole Miss versus UCLA. Ooh. Ooh. Two programs that are kind of alike when you think about it. Well, as I said, they're going to be uh, – yes. There's well, no, Ole Miss wears the UCLA stripes. Shut up. <laughs> uh, I'll go with the Rebels. We're going to lock in the Rebels? Yeah, why not? We've already won. UCLA has 612 wins all time. Ole Miss has 646 wins. Oh, a lot. Oh, look at that. Easily. How about that? Five and two. That's yes, pretty good sir. performance. Yes, sir. All right, man. Look at y'all, man. I'll, I'll make sure to look out for you guys, man. I'm going to keep on enjoying the show. All right, All right God. Thank you. All right, man. Wouldn't you think that UCLA would have won more than that? That felt low. Yeah. Where does Ole Miss rank? Somebody look this up. Where does Ole Miss rank all-time in wins? Like, what is their what is their, their rank of power? I mean, of D1 schools, obviously. I bet it's pretty good. I think it's – Yeah. I don't think it's top twenty-five. I mean, they were had because they were dominant for a long time, like what fifties, sixties, into the seventies. Well, it, it, it stopped in the early seventies. Yeah, that was it. It was the fifties and sixties, and they've been pretty good since then. They've had multiple runs. Grizzlies uh, pull it out 132-107. Yeah, they're Jeez. they're legit, man. 132. Now, now, Detroit's horrible. Oh, are they? Yeah, they're they're bad. But Oh, that's lower than I thought. 43 in D1. Oh, that's lower right? than I thought. Oh, yeah, I would have yeah. thought higher than that. I guess the 70s and 80s probably they were bad. dragged them down pretty good. Yeah. So apparently people are unhappy with me at rebelgrove.com. Is that right? I, I was gleaning that before we got – I told you that would have yeah, – they were expecting yeah. <laughs> Arch Manning or Deion Smith or well, – It couldn't be either one of them, logically. Arch Manning's not doing this like tomorrow, and Deion Smith has to get eligible. And if he gets eligible, he's coming to Ole Miss. We've already said that. Oh, that's a good point. Tough Rebel says vacated wins. Oh. Now that's going to knock some off the old – the freeze air gets killed. Yeah, it gets – and even that, some of the brewer yeah, air that, that's, killed that, too. That's a good point because I want to say – yeah, I said D1 because I knew like Mountain Union would be like top 20. I wanted mm-hmm. to knock out that stuff. Yeah. Because um, Ole Miss has the most vacated wins of anybody in the country, I think. I think I've, I've, I've seen that. I think I've used that in a story before. Does the whole sleeping on a couch thing lose some of the sting now? 
with Chris. I'm not Sting, but you cannot use it anymore. It's not as with Chris deciding not to come back. No, I think you can still do you it. You still use it? Okay. Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah, 33 vacated. Oh, it's a bunch. It's a lot of wins. Yeah, it's three undefeated seasons. <laughs> that matters. <laughs> yeah, that would change things. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they're number one in vacated wins, or at least they was at some, at some point. I. Hi. Hey, who do we have? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not birthday. My name's Madeline. Tell me your name again. Madeline. Oh, Madeline. Happy birthday. How old are you today? Ten. How old? Ten. Ten. What'd Ten. you What'd you get for your birthday? Cleat. Oh, okay. <laughs> what color? Pink. Oh, that's cool. Are you playing? Uh, are you playing softball? Yeah, I like uh, y'all spinning truck instructor versus the butcher. Oh, oh, you do? Okay. Well, we taped a uh, we taped the final uh, episode of the year today. It'll be out sometime tomorrow. It was going to get out today, but we had a little uh, had a little issue. But it'll be up tomorrow. The Super Bowl pick. Who do you, who are you picking to win the Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> who are you? Who are you, are you cheering for? A team? You have a favorite NFL team? Um, Ole Miss. Ole Miss? Okay, that counts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that happens. I mean, you know, with NIL and stuff, everybody's kind of professional. They're going to start allowing trades in like six months, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Family enjoy watching your show. I enjoy watching your show. Well, we certainly appreciate you calling. Hope you have a great uh, rest of your birthday and a great birthday weekend, okay? Okay, thank you. Thank you. That was Madeline. Uh-oh. Lose it. Mm, getting it back. The vacated thing got way back. Think. Good now? I think so. Yeah. The vacated thing got announced tonight. I went, uh, I did like the embed with Ross and Michael in Clarksdale for their like what were those things that the info sessions or whatever oh, yeah. they did that that okay. that semester yeah um it wasn't Rebel Road Trip it was the other things it was like the question the Q and A things it was at the Grammy Museum and yeah I, I remember I remember yeah. <laughs> I remember don't you wish that we could know then what we know now and just. If you knock out the vacated wins and just make them wins, Ole Miss would be 34th. Which is still lower than I would think, but it yeah. shows you what happens when you have two bad decades. Yeah. I mean, because they were oh, bad. Yeah. I can remember coming to Ole Miss the first time and seeing the stadium. It's like 86 and thinking, really? Oh, really? That's it? Yeah, I was... I had it in my mind. That was one of their probation. Yeah. One of the hits. Thirty two at the half. Wow. It's a slow sports night. Yeah. Are we supposed to be putting a pick into Neil's picks? Yeah. Oh, are we? But I might, we might not run it till like Saturday or Sunday. Okay. So you're okay. I've I've built most of the shell. 
of the one game. Yeah, but I've got to put some other, like, the ad and stuff in it. Okay. Hey, who do we have? Hey, it's Mark again. Got another question for you. Okay. All right, so it's more for Chase. It's more of a baseball question. So if Ole Miss, if we don't make it to Omaha, what is Ole Miss's options as far as replacing Bianco? Like, who could we possibly legitimately get? February the 10th, 841. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's back to last. I mean, it, it, look, we're on we're, we're on Groundhog Day a little bit. I I don't know if Dan McDonald comes if you fire Mike. I just don't. I'm I'm less sure that I'm a hundred that he absolutely will not. I, I was basically a hundred before last year, but how eager or at least open to that job as he was makes me think it's not a hundred. But I still wouldn't like Ole Miss's chances in that. Um, Cliff is going to get a really strong look. Um, okay, so I'll interrupt both of you here yeah. because we're we're talking about this in in a definitive way. Is it Omaha or Bust? Well, well, he said, "Who would they hire if?" I'm, I don't know. Well, you, I'm just okay, well, then, the never mind. Mark, accept my apology, please. Chase, you're talking about this in a definitive way. Is it Omaha or Bust? I think he said, "What are our options if they make a change?" And I'm asking you. And the key word is if. If they okay, if they don't make it to Omaha, is he gone? I mean, is there a scenario where? No, it. it, it I, I, like I'm going to take three weeks off if they lose Game Three of a Super Regional because I don't like it, it, it's. Well, then I'm heading to the beach because I'm not doing it by myself. Keith needs them in Omaha, or he needs, frankly, like a regional loss as a two. I mean, it. I, gun to head, I think it's pretty close to Omaha or bust. But my God, I mean, it's just a. So the scenario, when you break it down, that's a t- it's a tough thing. So eighteen and twelve in the league, a very difficult league. That's Eight, what I'm saying. Eighteen I and mean, twelve in the league, you host a regional and you and win, win it. it. You get sent to Texas and you lose Game Three. I know. It's just I mean, so. Are, uh, I mean, are you really fine? I mean, how, how do you, Stephen? I can guarantee you, Mike Bianco is not a source. I am not burning a source with this conversation. Um. And I don't mean that badly, but he is completely by the book, not his thing. Uh, <sighs> I mean, I, I could see it going either way. I mean, I, I've seen so many Ole Miss teams that should have made Omaha that didn't, but yet I've seen – In that scenario, it is the perfect fodder for both sides to be absolutely just on fire because yeah. at that point in what you're talking about – depending on how you want to do the games one and two of a game three super regional loss, Mike would be one in 10 or one in 11 in games to reach the college world series, which is an amazing statistic yeah. considering yeah, their record really in any other game but in any other capacity. So much worse than Mike being sure. Oh, and then on the sure. other side, your last four years, super regional, basically number one in the country when the season gets canceled, super regional, super regional. I mean, okay, and this, so this that's a lot to, to my next point. So, with NIL, which I mean, kind of evens the playing field with like Vandy, and which really Vandy is the outlier. So, Vandy, Arkansas with their scholarships, and do you really do you think that NIL could could play a factor in Ole Miss landing a lot better, a lot more top notch recruits? I mean, not 
so top notch that they're going in the draft, but like the the second tier. It nil has a chance to really, really, really help, and it may even level to the extent that we're talking about as far as giving a lot more scholarships. There could even be some systemic things put in place to level out the entire league. I hear more and more about that where people are willing to to essentially prop up the whole league to a, a number that is very competitive. What you don't know, and I don't know the answer to this, is even if they do that, and that's what everybody maxes out is, what happens if the Arkansas and the Vanderbilt, who already has such an advantage, that NIL starts going, well, okay, but our NIL is going to, NIL is going to give every player $1,200 a month. Because that's the rumor in a addition couple to that. So the problem is, yeah, you can catch up, but who says they don't do something crazy where essentially they're not only paying for their scholarships, but they have their team on payrolls. And, yeah, and, but most of those folks are, well, Vanderbilt aside, but Arkansas probably cares more about football and basketball than they do about baseball. I not don't be wrong. I'll, but it doesn't take a lot of it, money it relative yeah. to the sport, it takes I guess. One, it takes one fairly big business, and I think it I think it exists at Arkansas. It, and and I, I know it does at Texas, for example. In Arkansas but it only, takes in one, it only takes one fairly big one to go, you know what, we're going to be the one that invests in baseball. And before you know it, you're there. I, I, I'm with Chase. It just this NIL thing, man. It, listen, in every sport, this this NIL thing is is still so unsettled, and yep. I I don't think it's going to be regulated. I don't think I don't think Congress has has the taste for that. I don't. I, I know the NCAA doesn't. I, I, I well, think, they can't regulate it. I mean, they, they can't police it. I mean, there's no way they can. Yeah, and I just don't think Congress wants to put limits on it. It is such a bad look. It is for, to 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 the constituent that doesn't care about college sports, which is most people, right? I mean, and and so unless you live in the south, yeah, and and but even people who live in the south, there's a lot of people who aren't into sports who look at it and go, so wait a minute, the coach makes. I mean, we'll use Ole Miss as the example. Um, you want what sport you want to use? I mean, any, any. sport. I mean, no, right, well, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, pick pick football. Lane Kiffin makes seven point five, and you want to put a. You want to put a fifty thousand dollar limit on his players, and someone's willing to pay them more. That's not fair. And on no, the and on the surface, you look at that and you go, "Yeah, you're you're right. I get it. I mean, I, I mean, you know, as as much as I know, it's problematic. The part of me that's like a capitalistic goes, "Well, that's not fair to put a to put a limit on on a person's earning uh, possibilities, especially when they have a limited window." I I get it. Yeah, well, anyway, y'all, y'all have a good night. I, I, I won't call again, I promise, but y'all have a good night. All good. All right. See you, Mark. Bye. Yeah, I think there are some scenarios that could complicate it greatly. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They need clean one way or the other. You know, it's it's such a weird deal. They've won a lot. They sold 8,000 season tickets. The scenario I just rolled out is the worst-case nightmare. It is. Kind of where they've been a lot. Jason, thank you for the uh, the super chat. He says, my wife does 95% of the family laundry, two toddlers. He does 95% of the dishes. We cook about four to five days per week. Who got the worst deal? Neither one of those are things I mind at all. Mm-mm. There's something almost kind of therapeutic about dishes to me. I'll be honest. Yeah, I enjoy cooking. I don't mind doing the dishes, and I don't mind doing the laundry. 
but he doesn't say he he does not say one or the other does all the cooking. I think he's just talking oh, about how, oh. how how often the dishes. Need. You're right. I misread. Uh, I'd probably ra- with two toddlers. I'd probably rather do the dishes than oh, the laundry. It's not close. Yeah, because the laundry is just constant. Yeah. I don't mind doing laundry though, as long as everybody leaves me alone. I can go do the laundry by myself and turn on like a show or something. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't mind. Then, but if people are talking for whatever reason, if people are talking to me while I'm doing laundry, I get a little Just leave you alone. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, thanks so much for the super chat. He says, so I just finished season two of Ted Lasso. I like the focus on mental health. I cried during the funeral episode. Nate, that bastard thoughts. We're past the no Are we still in spoiler season? No, no, it's been out for months. I'm asking. I don't know. Because there could be somebody right now that has not watched it. It's still kind of planning on it. Do the pause for 90 seconds thing. Yeah, so... We're going to talk about Ted Lasso season two for two minutes. So fast, oh, fast yeah. forward or go five, four, three, two, one, go. I love the focus on the mental health. Thought that they was need good. to get off of it now. Yes, but it's done. Yes. It's time to get it's back. really good for a season. Yeah. Move, move. Uh, the funeral scene was emotional. Um, and I like what they've done with Nate's character. We've, we've created. We've created a unlikely antagonist. And they're on a crash course to face each other. And I think it's even believable to an extent. Because when it first started happening, I went, are we, I get that we have to suspend reality to a certain extent anyway because the former Wichita State football coach, the soccer coach that we're discussing here. Yes, of course. I mean, I understand that. But at the same time, once we get in the world, if you will, they had to be really careful with getting Nate to that believable point. And I think they I think they did it at the right pace that pulled it off for the most part. Yeah. It's just hamstrung them with season three from the standpoint of what everyone wants the finale to be and how they want it to end. And if that's going to be the end, that's how they they have been very smart for two seasons. They've got to just give the people what they want. They they got that they can't outsmart us. At the end. I think that's one of the main things for season three. Yeah, I think we want to see a happy ending. Want to see how do you I'm curious to see if Because I don't even think we want an ending where Nate turns back good and then wins. No. No, 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 no. Nate no. I think Ted's team, our team, has to win. We're all watching that cheering for Ted's team. Yeah. They need we know win. those guys. We need them to win. Yeah. I'm curious to see what they do with Roy and yeah. Kylie. and Yeah. Got a feeling that's going to bother me. Do you really? Yeah. I think she's going to go back to Jamie. Okay. I don't, I don't care. And then, but maybe Roy and the teacher. I really like Roy, but. And I like the teacher. They did kind of. Yeah. They, I liked her. They pushed that enough. All right, we're past the two-minute mark. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't mind the laundry, but no, dishes all day long. It's not close. There's kind of something therapeutic about dishes. They're dirty, and you clean you're them. You're watching, because it's them. in real time. You're seeing You're seeing the, progress. Yeah. Yeah. There is something to that. You're literally cleansing. Yeah. Yeah. The warm water and... 
just turn an audio book or something on. Leave me alone. It's all good. Play Jeopardy on the Alexa. I, I would enjoy that. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's an easy one. Yeah. Uh, Ozark for sure worth watching. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it is. Yeah, even even Neil saying that it he, is. He hates suspense. Yeah, it's 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 a cousin of Breaking Bad. It is, but it's a more tolerable cousin than you think so. Yeah, it's okay. It's a little scary. It's to you. Got to keep some episodes of Parks and Rec and The Office nearby just to cleanse. Speaking of cleansing. <laughs> you can't do like eight in a row. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. And then get in the bed? Yeah, yeah, No, and you wake up at two in the morning screaming, no. Oh. <laughs> uh, I have not watched Boba Fett. Nah, that's not my thing. No. All right, we haven't talked about the Super Bowl. Are you expecting a good game? Yeah, I am expecting a really good game. Yeah, I am yeah. too. Yeah, I still give the Rams the edge, but. The Bengals are so loose and young that one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to kind of get popped in the mouth and it's whoa, or they come out house on fire, and then the Rams have their hands full at that point. I don't want – what worries me, because I think this is possible, I'm dreading – a game where Stafford plays his team out of it. I'm a little worried about that. I, I, I want to see, I want to see Stafford play well for whatever reason. If I tell you you can pick the the MVP, but it can't be Stafford and it can't be Burrow, who's the MVP? Um. Okay, some of the problem there is that. Grabbing a wide receiver is hard because it turns into quarterback. Because mm-hmm. like my first thought was Cooper Cup, but so you Stafford get, wins it if that's the case. So you get into Acres, Mixon, or a defensive guy, Aaron Donald. Mike Hilton's going to get thrown at some. A lot of people actually like the crazy Hilton because of the odds. It's like twenty five hundred to one or something for him to be the MVP. I know, I, and they're going to throw and they like at him that. Some. Get a pick, run it back, and it just sure. kind of turned into a weird deal. Um, I would, I would say Mixon, but only because I think the Bengals could get in that situation where they've got to kind of do a little more of that closer to the end zone. And also, I, I think Sony Michelle plays a lot, so I don't know what the the Rams backfield tandem. I, I don't think Acres is just getting every every carry there. Um, but I, I like the Rams to win the football game. Um, I mean, if you told me just to straight up pick the MVP, I would pick Stafford. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the safe bet on MVP is the one of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Obviously, I don't. Everybody talks about Aaron Donald. I don't think he can be impactful enough to win. He can be impactful enough. It's going to be hard to get votes. Right, those are two to different. put up the stats that you need for yeah. MVP. Yeah. Richard Dent won it, I know, one time. Is it any other defensive lineman won MVP in a Super Bowl? Here lately, it's been quarterback, 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 quarterback. Yeah, I don't know of another lineman that's won it. What Football is, makes a good point. It's going to be really hard for the Bengals to run on the Rams. Yeah. That offensive line is going to get 
They're going to have to use the short passing game as a running game. A lot of chips holding in, max protects. They're really good in the middle of the field, and that's not where the Rams are at their best. No, they hide people in the middle. And Tyler Boyd can hurt you in the middle of the field. Uzoma's going to play. Hopefully, for his sake, he's going to be healthy enough to, to play well. He would not play if this were a regular season game. And then the thing that they can do, you know, everyone – I worked on this for picks a little bit. Everyone talks about uh, the Rams corner, whose name's Florida State. Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey, thank you. That he's, you know, elite and he can't be – just this season alone, some elite receivers have gotten numbers against him. Yeah. You know, you can you can do it. Chase Higgins, it's going to be fun. I think it's a really fun game. I don't – I think the Rams win – but the Bengals have proven in Nashville and they've proven it in Kansas City that they're kind of they're fine with the stage. Mm-hmm. They're going to go have fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. 5.30-ish kick. For, yeah, 5.30 uh, kick. Yeah, 3.30 out there. It's going to be super hot. So do they close the – I guess they're closing the roof? I haven't seen that. I don't know. No, I would send they leave it open because they need to for COVID reasons. It's supposed to, it will be the hottest Super Bowl in history. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would assume. Mouth is the dirtiest place on the human body. You always heard that. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I'm a basketball, seven thirty at Missouri. I'm, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, don't forget, we've got. Uh, we'll have. Sp- Put, uh, put these out, but there's a promo for a Game Changer patch at rebelgrove.com. You can also dead soxy through uh, through midnight on Monday, 30% off at uh, just put the promo code rebelgrove at deadsoxy.com. All right, we'll stop there. Uh, you guys enjoy your weekend. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll be back with you on um, Monday. I'll have 10 thoughts probably up on Monday because I'm going to watch the game and all that. I'll be a little late. We'll get that. Uh, we'll get that to you. We'll get that to you on Monday. And until uh, then, for Chase, I'm Neil. Thanks again to the people at Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, for making hand raised guys possible. We'll put this up in uh, podcast form on Friday. So enjoy your weekend. Take care.